Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, greetings and salutations. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Welcome to another edition of Evolution at Yeah. 
Greetings, divine, all blessed. Peace and love, joy and prosperity, elevation, revelations, and transformation. Indeed, the question of the day is Habargani, 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 Habargani. And those who know and understand and operate within the celebration of Kwanzaa know the response is always the principle of the day. It's always the principle of the day. So we say Habargani, and your response will be Emoja, which means unity, divine, all-blessed unity. You are listening now live again to the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and transformative from a Pan-African Hudu world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test, one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, my reverberation, my reiteration, and it is indeed my reality. Blessing is indeed crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my walk, my teaching, my work along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. And it is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe, Asheo. I greet you again, this first day of the celebration of, of Kwanzaa. I greet you in Emoja. Divine, all blessed unity. And I'm emanating and vibrating, of course, with you now, live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally, from this working temple of the house of the Divine Prince, Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, most enchanted, and some would say most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo obey my path and journey, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, ritual spirits, minerals, indeed the legacy, culture, and traditions, our sacred stories, our sacred stories, as my beloved Denise Augustine would say. And please remember your tours plus experience with us at www.OurSacredStories.com. All is truly and indeed a blessing. I'm honored each and every time I have an opportunity to come before you live uh, in this format and share my life, share my experience, share my journey. And I'm always humbled when I get the feedback from those of you who certainly appreciate 
and support my doing so. I'm internally grateful. I'm always honored by those who show up live, my co-hosts who show up live here on the phone lines at 845-277-9143, and, of course, those who pop in on screen here with us during the uh, live airing broadcast. And I'm grateful for my chat participants. Greetings, uh, Neophyte Four. Welcome, Black in America. Greetings and salutations to K-Way and S. Marie. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, J.P. Terrell, welcome, beloved. Thank you so much for stepping into the room. All Marie Jackson, thank you. Eva Arisha, and of course, uh, the beloved uh, Chef Bougie, welcome, and thank you so much for your consistent presence and support. Uja Wajet, thank you so much. Um, Hotep Wu, Hotep Wu, thank you so much for being present. Greetings to each and everyone who would be here. For some of us, it's just another day. For others, it's an extension of a, of a holiday, a universal holiday, a national holiday. Uh, for others, we're completely on a whole nother calendar. <laughs> and we're still acknowledging the rise above the horizon of, of the sun and, and the reemergence of the sun, S-U-N, in the northern hemisphere as we move towards, again, out of the winter into the spring and, and summer months. But I wanted to talk today, uh, particularly today, about transformative or transformation magic. Transformation magic. Transforming, just at its most basic nature, uh, can be applied to many things in our lives, ourselves, our relationships, our our career path and journey, our our sense of health and and wellness, um, if you will. So we can discuss and cover um, a variety, a, a larger range, if you will, of topics when we just look at transformation at its most basic nature. But when we say transformation magic, we now suggest something that we can do, that we can push, that we can change, that we can ritualize, that we can move our ideas forward in the world, in life. And indeed, I teach and I share that the divine creators would have us to create and co-create a reality that mirrors our best image. Indeed, we are co-creators with God. I and I are root, it is said in Rastafari, for indeed we are a clay physical manifestation of God. And so we like to say as the mother, so too as child. We like to say as the father, so too is the child. So our abilities to create and recreate a reality that mirrors our image are often played down, overlooked, misused and abused, uh, harnessed, if you will, for much larger goals, much larger Platforms that often we aren't even conscious of uh, the game, the monopoly, the chessboard activity that we uh, have become a part of. So we live in a day and time where many people are seeking to separate themselves, to break away from, to transform, to change. 
no longer view God quite in the same way, no longer view religion quite in the same way, and particularly organized religion, no longer view society quite in the same way. And we live in a unique time period in the world. Uh, no matter where you are in my listening audience of the world, I acknowledge, and, and I should acknowledge more, that we have an international audience. There are people present with us right now who don't chat, who don't call in, but are listening, are participating through email, through other means, to our demonstration here. And they're not just in the U.S. They're not just from English-speaking nations. I'm often amazed by the non-English-speaking audience that I have and, and, and what they might be gaining from the show. So I think about it, I meditate on it, because that which is universal, that which helps the one, helps the whole. That which can save the one saves the whole. And so, indeed, if it's helpful and beneficial for me, then there's that aspect of reality that suggests that it will be helpful and useful for the next person. But that does not always mean they speak our language, that they are from our continent, that they exist in our, in our universe. And so sometimes in our discussion here in the chat, you know, we keep it very Western. Sometimes, you know, we got UK audience that participates, you know, we got American audience that participates English speaking uh, practitioners, but let us not, and particularly during this season of harvest, this season of winter solstice, this season of holidays, let us not overlook ancestral connection, ancestral connection to whatever we might do, even going into formative magic. It's much easier for us to envision uh, the family of carpenters the family of woodworkers, the family of plumbers, uh, which was a a historic tradition here in in the city of New Orleans when certain families would access a a level of education, a level of knowledge, a level of skill. They shared that in their family. They shared that intergenerationally. And therefore, we had families of plumbers, families of woodworkers, families of architects, families of attorneys, families of educators. And so when we look at ATR and, and particularly magic from an ATR perspective, we never can overlook ancestral connection. And that reminds us to pay attention to the village. I got a phone call earlier today from a longtime godchild. If I went to brag or, or sell my ministry, I would push Brother Chisholm up to, to the front of the stage right now. Um, and, and he wouldn't mind me sharing, you know, this is a brother I met before he went to jail, after he got out of jail, um, as he, you know, bounced and relapsed and rebounced again, you know, I, we stood there together. So I've known this guy uh, well over 10 years, um, I would say, and now he has been going well for him. But he called me earlier today, and, and that was one of the, the main topics we talked about was how this translates into community. First self, but then community. And so in in the idea of transformative magic, we often come thinking of self first. 
And that's not always a bad thing when it's being done from a healthy perspective. Self in that I take responsibility for self. I take responsibility for what I do. I take responsibility for what I might need. I take responsibility for seeking a solution to what I need. It's not always about getting caught up in the dirty stuff, you know, of family and lineage and generational curse and, of course, all the things that we indeed confront on a daily basis because you can never master transformative magic if you're such a hardcore realist that you can't get out of your head and get into your head. If you can't get out of your physical consciousness and get into your spiritual consciousness, this indeed requires third-eye activation. It requires the ability to utilize your imagination and, and, and utilize it to create and recreate the reality that mirrors your best interest. I posted on Instagram, um, I don't know, in the last 24 hours, uh, quite a popular post, a little bit more popular than I thought it was going to be, um, of a doorway. And along with the doorway is a mantra. And I suggest that we find a way, wherever you are, to create sacred space. And indeed, sacred space must be created within before we can expect it on the outside. It's okay to candles and incense and floor washes and setups and all that's great. But if you can't create sacred space first inwardly, None of what you're doing out here is going to carry a lot of weight. So sacred space must first begin from within. And the particular exercise that I offered was, you know, I didn't use a whole lot of going into the new new year. I didn't use a whole lot of, you know, that, that typical language that we use as we approach New Year's. But I suggested that you find a way to sit quietly, sit still, always remembering to breathe, always remembering to breathe. And then in the quietness of your consciousness, close your eyes. Some of you see light. Some of you see darkness. That's irrelevant to my point because out of the darkness comes the light. Out of the light, we can create and recreate a reality that mirrors our best interest. So I just ask you to envision the door. Just envision the door. And then open the door, and on the other side of the door, create in your mind, use your imagination if you must, imagine it until it becomes crystal, crystal clear in your consciousness. And the more you do this, if you set 15 minutes a day to do this, a few times a day to do this, the easier this exercise comes for you, the more readily you're able to pull forward the imagery that you need in this moment, and that absolutely retranslates back into waking state reality. The ability to change your reality no matter what the weather, the ability to crystallize and be clear about where you're going no matter what distractions might be along the highway, might be along the road of life. If, if you can't crystallize it in your consciousness, which practitioner, healer, therapist, if you can't crystallize it first in your own consciousness, we can't expect the physical world to manifest that which we can't crystallize, that which we can't see clearly, that which we can't define clearly. 
in our own consciousness, in our own heads. So the idea of transformation magic is first about transforming the mind, first transforming the mind. And then with that comes the outward manifestations, transforming your your physical reality. Uh, That might be your body shape. That might be your environment, where you live, how you live, you know. But it's first got to begin from from within. It's got to first begin with I am. I am. I am God. I am co-creator with God. I am in control. I am in responsibility for. I am in authority and stewardship for. Self. Self. Because we can't always control what's going on out here. But we can control self. And with that, we create a space, a sacred space, a magical space for magical outcomes and realities to manifest. Because we are creators, co-creators with the most high. We are co-creators, co-creators with the universal concept for God. I don't mean the individual ideas that people like to put on God, but from a more indigenous, universal perspective. The idea that we create and recreate our reality is old as humanity. And so sometimes we have to go back in order to move forward. Sometimes we have to revert back to childhood-like imagination in order to see forward with great wisdom and clarity into the future. There's a saying somewhere that if we can remain like a child, but, but that idea is about spirit. It's about being able to tap imagination, being able to tap the creative force, the creative power uh, in order to then bring that into your mature demonstration, your mature manifestation. I come from a hard background. Some of you already know it. Some of you, this might be your first time hearing me, your first time seeing and experiencing me. But I come from a hard background. Um, it is said that I don't talk about my background enough, that people would better understand the power of this voodoo. <laughs> if you really understood um, where I'm coming from, what I've come through, what I'm often up against, even today, there would be forces that would have me to not be here. There would be forces that would have me to not be present. There are forces that would have me to not present this information, to not present this connection to something so so ancient, there would be forces that would have me to be homeless and on the street. But it is indeed the power of the ancestors, <laughs> the power of the voodoo that I give any credit to, that I give any thanks to. And so indeed my mantra, one of my mantras is all is a blessing, but another of my main mantras is respect the voodoo. Respect the voodoo. Ancestors see you. Ancestors see me. Ancestors see all. It's interesting how. <laughs> and, 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 and let's be clear. If you called and called and called and called and called and ignored my voicemail, I'm not interested in responding to you. And, and after you've done it three days, 
five days, a week, two weeks, you've already ensured that I'm not going to be available to you. So the idea that you call in the middle of the show every day, and I'm speaking to a very specific person. I'm not going to call your number out or your air code out. I'm, I'm not going to respond to you. You've already demonstrated that you have no respect of my time. I, I, I posted that sometime in the last week. If you, if you don't honor your time, your space, your power, why should anybody else? Why would anyone else? And so we must first honor, honor what's sacred, what's God in us, <laughs> which includes our time, our space, our energy, and then set up clear protocols first for ourselves, first for ourselves, because no one's going to adhere to a protocol that even you yourself don't acknowledge. What sense would it make for me to request that everyone remove their shoes before coming into the house, if I don't remove my shoes while I'm in the house, <laughs> why would someone acknowledge you at that point? So in transformation magic, we have to not only remember to breathe, not only remember to create and set sacred space, but, but then set a clear protocol for ourselves, for ourselves in moving and moving forward. In that space, again, as I suggested a little bit earlier, we could be talking about career and education, finance, health, wellness, love and relationships, our relationships with and to, you know, our children, our parents, you know, our, our relatives, if there are anything that the human condition might confront can be opportunity for transformative energy an opportunity to transform things to be more in line with your best image. Now, now again, that doesn't mean that people are going to mimic you. That doesn't mean that I'm required to be you. You're not, no more required to be me. Doesn't mean I can control my mother. Doesn't mean I can control my dad any more than I can control you. But indeed, that which is in line with the divine order of things, can't be stopped, can't be blocked, cannot be prevented. That which is in line with your best demonstration cannot be blocked, cannot be limited by anything or anyone outside of ourselves, ourselves. And so after you've created that inner space, you know, you've got to drink clean water. You've got to nurture the body. We don't talk enough about what we eat. And, and right now might not be the best time for some of us to talk about and, and discuss, you know, what we eat. It has to be a routine. This has to be a lifestyle. This has to be a way of being. It's not just a, a, a quick, magical fix. This indeed has to be supported by, by the practitioner. And the practitioner has to support themselves, has to support the body, have to support the mind, that energy, that ashe, then goes into your work, then goes into your ceremony, then goes into your, your, your ministry and the application thereof. So sometimes when we have disorder in our physical realities, there might be a disorder in our inner 
realities. There might be some imbalance inward that we are not looking at. And that's where shadow work comes up. That's where light work comes up. Uh, again, I like to reference my Instagram, uh, Divine Prince Tiamecca. That's my username on Instagram, Divine Prince Tiamecca. One word, just like it is on the screen, Divine Prince Tiamecca, except one word. Uh, I shared light work and I shared shadow work. The shadow work right now is real popular. Conversation. Shadow work is real popular. And people have a lot of questions about what shadow work is and how to operate in shadow work. And indeed, it is that which exists in the shadows, that which we choose not to see, that which we might be in denial of seeing, that which we might not know even exists to be seen. All of that exists in our, indeed in our shadow work. We also do light work. And so the idea of transformative magic has to incorporate one, the other, if not both and accomplishing that which you might be seeking to do uh, as it relates to your, your shadow work demonstration. So I use a lot of mantras also in my ministry and in this type of work. And the simpler your mantra, the less words you use, all is a blessing, respect the voodoo. It does two things. It at least open a doorway for growth, for expansion, for transformation. But it also limits the opportunity for distractions to come into play when, when it comes to creating a mantra. You also don't want to create a mantra that has any doubtful words in it. You, you want to use words that are in the present. You want to use words that are active, that move your energy, your request forward. Uh, healing lives here is a mantra that I offered uh, on yesterday. And mantras are often as, and as many times a day, uh, forgive me, let me say that again. <laughs> you want to say these mantras as often and as many times a day as you can. I find it to be even more powerful and effective when you write down a mantra a few hundred times uh, with pen, paper, you know, to not only help you to remember and ingrain the mantra into your own faculties, but to then crystallize that mantra. So writing it down on paper is, is, is a great uh, booster to just saying your mantra. And the newly created mantra, you want to say it as many times possible, particularly those first 24, 48 hours, 72 hours, you want to say the mantra as much as possible. So let's say the third mantra, the first would be all of the blessings. The second would be respect the voodoo. Uh, let's make the third healing lives here. Healing lives here. So you always remember to breathe and to breathe again. You want to drink more water. You want to eat healthy foods because health is wealth. Health is wealth. There is no wealth if you're sick, and not able to function, not able to move. So health is wealth. And then have a vision of light beyond whatever your darkness. And particularly right now, you don't have to admit it. You don't have to raise your hand. We acknowledge your presence in the spirit realm. Everybody's not happy about 
the holidays. Everybody's not happy about Christmas and, and New Year's, particularly here in the Western world where it is made to, to sing. If you turn on your TV or your Internet, you know, if you ain't got a man, you know, or, or, or a family and, and, and children and, and a huge house, you know, and, and boxes and gifts, you know, you're made to feel somehow less than, and particularly in this, in this season. And so for people who are challenged with shadow work, this could be a difficult time right now. So it's okay. If you're not feeling okay, it's okay. It's okay to not feel okay. It's okay sometimes to separate yourself from others. It's okay to not speak to directly to toxic family members. It's okay if you don't feel like talking. You just want to remain quiet during this time. It's okay if you need to talk to someone. It's okay if you need to seek a therapist. It's okay if you need to seek an empowering spiritualist who's, who's going to give you some work to do to sort of deal with, with these feelings and these emotions. It's not necessary to be jolly and, and, and happy, for that is not reality. That's not reality. We're not all happy all the time. We're not all satisfied all the time. For indeed, without that, there would be no emphasis to get up and, and achieve a goal, to move forward. If we only had sun and, and no rain, if we only had light and indeed no darkness. So in transformation magic, we look at, you know, lighting incense, burning candles, offering libations to the ancestors and to the creator creating sacred space, remembering to be still, to be quiet, to breathe, to drink good water, clean water, to eat healthy, nutritious food, and then to have a vision of light, of light. I don't care how bad the present moment might look, might feel, might seem, I've been there. I've been there. I've had suicidal Christmases. I've had depressive Christmases. I've had isolated Christmases, you know, in a half, half a century of life. I've had challenged holiday seasons. So you have to have a vision, a vision, even in the darkness, even if you must use your imagination to be able to see beyond the present. You must have a goal to move towards. And so you, you open that door and then you create in that space the reality See yourself in a better condition. See yourself where you wish to be. See yourself where you desire to be. And, and be realistic. Be realistic. But see yourself in the clearest, most defined way possible. And the more you do this exercise, the greater the ashe. We, in Yoruba, we, we call that magical, spiritual energy ashe. Ashe is more than just amen. Ashe is more than just thank you. Uh, Ashe is is a power, a a co-shared power that those who understand and believe and operate in in the tradition, we share that. We add to it. We confer it upon. It's not personally owned by anybody. It's not personally controlled by anybody. But we feed Ashe, 
through our activity, through our ritual activity, but also through our belief, through, through what we, we say, through what we think repeatedly. Because sometimes in your silence, because I've been there, you're repeating negative things. You're repeating negative mantras. You're repeating negative experiences. You're repeating the details of what you don't want. You've got to shut that down and at some point separate yourself long enough to get clear about what it is that you do want, how you wish to see yourself moving forward. And, and then we begin transformative magic, life-changing magic. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've witnessed it. It's powerful magic. And respect the voodoo. Respect the ancestors. Ancestors see you. Ancestors see me. Ancestors see all. There is no prayer that goes unheard. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about Islam or Christianity. I'm, I'm talking about prayer. There is no fervent prayer that goes unheard by the creators. None. For indeed, the creators are present in all things. The ancestors are indeed present in us. And stand up in that DNA strand that sometimes we call Jacob's ladder. But but the Creator and God exist in everything. So there's no separation from God is an illusion. And watch separation from God is an illusion. Separation from the divine creators is an illusion. I and I, I and I, we create. I create and recreate my reality. I am an extension of, I am an expression of. These are all mantras, by the way. <laughs> you can tell you you are welcome to borrow, to take, to copy and paste from any of these mantras that are pouring out of my mouth right now. For the saying of I am, I am a co-creator with God. You say that enough times, you say it until you believe it, you say it until you understand it, then the universe has to respond. That's a universal law. That, that's not some hokey witchcraft. That's a universal law. The universe has to then respond. You carry yourself like a queen. You, you demonstrate king-like demonstration. It has to come back to you. It has to come back to you. Human child or devil can block it or stop it. I am because my creators are. <laughs> I am because my creators are more powerful, more, more, more knowledgeable, more, more infinite than any kind of weather, than any kind of carnal, than anything the devil, the jinn, the, the jab might seek to create or recreate. It is an illusion. It is indeed an illusion. And we have the opportunity, we have the power to create and recreate. Now, you know, sometimes it's about economics. Sometimes it's about, well, I can't afford and I don't have access to. And so I try to keep things here real simple. My godchildren will tell you I'm not quite this simple <laughs> off air. <laughs> I get real real complicated and, and detail-oriented uh, when I'm doing real instruction. But I try to keep things universal. I try to keep things simple here. Breathe. Air should be accessible to us all. Clean air should be accessible to us all. Water, clean water should be accessible to us all. 
but I'm not ignorant. I have people in, in various parts of the world, and I know where clean water is not readily accessible. But indeed, clean water, healthy, clean foods, and then doing your shadow work, being willing to do the shadow work in the light work. Okay, I hear you. What is shadow work? Be more specific about shadow work. Okay, what's the block? These are questions. What's the block? What's the problem? What is giving you pain? What makes you feel hurt? These are questions you ask when you're doing shadow work. So it might be, you know, you're right now, you're at that family event that you really didn't want to be at, you know, or, or you're not at the family event and people are in their feelings about you not being there. You know, whatever the thing is, whatever gives you, presents to you the illusion of a problem. And then you start asking these questions of yourself. Why are you angry? Why are you upset? Why do you feel discomfort in this environment around these people and be willing to be honest with yourself? Because, see, that's the thing with shadow work. You don't necessarily have, you know, a guide standing over you, you know, to help you to filter your own truth. So you got to be willing to, at least with yourself, be truthful about what gives you pain, what gives you dis- uh, 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 discomfort. Um, Marge Richard, Leanne, uh, yeah, water is one of the most powerful tools we have is water. <laughs> and, and crystal, quartz crystal is, you know, a hairline fracture away from solidified water to some degree. And this same silicon dioxide combination also exists physically within the body. So we have a unique connection to water. All physical, organic, carbon, life, we have a unique connection to water. And, of course, your atoms and molecules and cells that exist throughout nature needs water, even our wood, you know, to, to either have ex- existed, evolved, and to continue uh, to evolve. So in terms of magic, transformation magic, magic uh, requires water on many levels. Some of you over the months, over the years, have, have seen me whisper into my water, speak into my water even before I drink it. And I treat water much like I do a crystal, uh, as a liquid crystal that holds a charge, that holds a vibration, and we then take that in. I remember back in the day, uh, you weren't allowed to, you know, when you're sitting at the table, we would eat together, and that also helped to prevent us from doing negative things, talking about negative things, projecting negative energies while we are eating. You, you want to be in a calm state. You want to be in a centered state. You might want to be thinking about healthy things as you eat. It's not good to eat on the fly, eat on the rush, eat under stress. You know, it's not, I can't. If I'm too worked up, I can't eat. I have to be able to be still, be quiet for a moment and clear my mind. You know, that's why the ritual of sitting down 
You know, grandma wouldn't let you stand and eat, wouldn't let you walk through the house and eat, wouldn't let you eat in the front room. Now, we thought that was all about making a mess. And I'm sure to some degree it was, but making a mess of your life. Because when we take food, when we take water, that is an act of transformation magic. Let's be clear. We are now transforming what we eat into pure energy, into an energy that, that's usable in our, in our body, and ultimately in, in our consciousness, in our head. And when we think about it that way, I don't have to do a vegan, vegetarian show. When you think about it that way, it almost naturally changes how you view and think about what it is that you're eating. And listen, I know it's a holiday, and some of you all are eating all kind of stuff, so I don't want to fall off too much. I don't want to interrupt, you know, your ability to enjoy your chitlins or whatever it is that you're partaking. So I'm not going to go there too hard today. But in Transformation Magic, uh, we have to consider what we're eating, what we're drinking, how we're living in the process of creating a space that our magic is going to manifest that which we need. Also, also, the beyond water being a tool, beyond air being a tool, earth, earth, reconnecting to earth, putting your feet in the dirt, putting your feet in the grass. I know some of you now have snow and other elements to, to address that we don't necessarily have uh, in New Orleans. Uh, we, it is a little nippy, so I'm not outside barefoot right now. Uh, but I try and be barefoot as much as possible. I try and connect to earth as much as possible. I try and sit with my back to a tree as much as possible. Sit on a rock. Doesn't matter where you live. I've lived in New York. I've lived in California, Los Angeles. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Miami. I've lived in Dallas. I've lived. I've lived in St. Louis. I've lived in Milwaukee. I've lived in Denver. I've lived. So you find a way to connect and reconnect to Earth. It not only grounds that which you don't need, it has to pass through you and back into creation. And if this is reciprocal, understand we, we, we are requiring and asking God and nature and the Orisha and the Loa to give, to give, to give. But in a more indigenous understanding, we have to give as much as we're asking to be given to. We don't harvest from nature without giving back. Therefore, we, we can't also harvest energy without having to give back. There's a payoff. I don't care how blessed, how lucky, how much IJ, you're paying for that somewhere. There's, a, there's an even exchange. And when that exchange doesn't happen, the creators find a way to get it from you. The creators find a way to take it from you. I can remember I was, I don't know, 22, 23, when I finally figured that out. When I figured that out and got clarity about it and, and, and could see a rhythm, because if you're keeping a journal, you actually see a rhythm, a season. I, I could feel it in my bones when the shift was about to happen, when the transformation is about to happen. So we all have seasons of transformation, whether you're ready for them or not. 
We all have seasons of transformation. And when you learn to identify and be in tune with those seasons, then you learn to make those seasons operate for you. The last year has been tragic for some of us, have been problemsome for some of us, worrisome for some of us, cringeworthy, you know, for some of us. But it has also been a time of transformation for others, a time of blessing for others, a time of seeing ourselves and our environment in in a very new way. And, And that's shadow work or light work. Seeing things in a new way is not always a bad thing. Seeing things in a new way is not always a good thing. What is good is the ability to see. It's the ability to see. And then it takes action on what you see. This has been a powerful time, powerful time in voodoo. It's been a powerful time in this house. And I would like to say in this audience, among some of the people in this audience, some of y'all are working it out. Okay. Some of y'all are truly working it out, you know, have created sacred space in your home, have dedicated space to the ancestor in your home, are beginning to learn other languages, Yoruba, Akan, Ban, are learning to apply mantras to your work. So when we call ancestors in Yoruba, Egun Mopeo Egun, we call you you then learn to apply that to your work. I look for gloom, we call you, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. That was my Google Nest eavesdropping on our conversation. <laughs> I got to remember to unplug that thing, uh, all these devices. Um, so we've got to get clear. We've got to get clear in 2021. Reclaim your time, P. Anderson. Reclaim your time, beloved. Reclaim your time. Reclaim your peace. Reclaim your sanity. Reclaim your space. And particularly for those of you under the sound of my voice that are over 20, reclaim your space. Mama house too much. Daddy house too much. Partner's house too much. Get your own space. Get your own space. And sometimes it's a blessing to have one room that's yours that you can close the door on. (laughs) Sometimes it's a blessing to have your own house. But it's a blessing to have your own room, to have your own space that you can create peace within and then infuse that into the work. Breathe that into the work. Empower that into your work. And and then you get result-oriented voodoo. Thank you so much, S. Marie. I'm just speaking my mind right now. I'm just speaking my own peace right now. Greetings, beloved. Alicia Aro, greetings. Thank you so much for being present. I am open to your questions, your comments, your requests. You can follow the link and co-host with me right now and and show up on screen, you can also use my phone number at area code 845-277-9143, area code 845-277-9143. I'll also entertain your questions, comments, requests uh, there. 
Uh, absolutely, Shia, uh, baby. Setting goals are essential. Setting goals are essential. It's one thing at 19 to 20 to say, I don't know what I want to major in. I don't, I don't know what, you know, what I want to do for a living. Okay. But there's another point personally where setting a goal is essential. Otherwise, we're just walking about. Otherwise, we're just wandering about. If your goal is to be happy, set that as a goal. If your goal is to be at peace, set that, make that a goal. If your goal is to be successful, is to be abundant, set that as a clear, defined goal. It's not safe. It's not wise to, I'm just waiting on it to happen. It's not wise to sit in the position of what's going to happen is going to happen, and I'm just going to operate in it. I think sometimes we take that position, particularly politically, when we look at our government, you know, I'm looking at the Brexit nonsense. I'm looking at, you know, what's going on here with our own uh, retruplicate nonsense, you know, and those things can easily become a, a distraction. Those things can also easily um, put a, a, a dark matter footprint so heavy on how we envision the future. Because if we think too hard about it, you know, what could be happening? You know, are we headed to war? Are we headed to the next pandemic? You know, it it could be real easy to get off track from your clarity. So setting goals are good, like Shia Baby um, typed in, writing them down so you can remember, so that you can have something to look at. Some of you are putting them up on your wall or on your vision board, on your chalkboard. You know, some of you have them, you know, locked in your phone, you know, so you can remind yourself, particularly in those moments when it's easiest to forget, under stress, under distress, under duress, where it's easy to forget, you can go back and, and realign your energy back ultimately to your, to your goal, understanding that all is not only a blessing, but indeed it's, it's weather. It's temporary. There is no permanent good time. There is no permanent bad time, even for the rich, even for the highly celebrated. There's a give and take. There's an even exchange. It's, it's built into the yin-yang philosophy. There's an even exchange. And so we must give as much light and attention to shadow work as we do to light work. Light work is okay. Light work is okay. Being grateful showing gratitude. I offer, you know, when you're in the mood, when you're not quite feeling up to it, write a gratitude list. Now, I know from my own experience that that was almost impossible for me to do if I was depressed. If I was depressed, if I was negative, if I was in a bad way back in my youth, I couldn't do no gratitude list. It was so hard for me to sit and just, okay, I'm grateful for life. I'm when you're in a bad way, and that's when it's shadow work. That right there is the difference. If you can do a gratitude list and it comes easy and you can breathe and you have these things that you're grateful for, you know, that's light work. That's light work. It is shadow work when that's a difficult challenge for you to do. When you're challenging your spirit, when you're challenging your emotions, 
that's when that when the shadow work is, is there. And and that's when you have to start asking those tougher questions. Those questions that cause you to go into your feelings, to go into the crevices and the corners and the dark spaces. We hold on to things from childhood. It is said that that a great deal of our development happens from birth to five, from age zero to five. And then that crystallizes into who you are at 30, 40, 50, 60. I'm not even including life experience, negative and positive, between age five and, and, and now. But this is science. But just birth to five, what kind of... Iyanla, Mama Iyanla likes to say, what kind of juices did you marinate in? What kind of fluids did you marinate in? During that time, you know, while your mama was pregnant, how was she feeling? What was she going through? What was she experiencing? What was she digesting and ingesting? You know, we all marinated in in the fluids of of our parents. So there's no way around family. There's no way around that when doing ancestral work in divination. There's no way around, you know, confronting generational curses. And that's why it's so empowering for many of us, so liberating for for many of us, because that stuff that we don't break through becomes our shadow work, and that's where the false blocks, the false illusions are created that, that keep us that keep us um, stuck and from moving forward. I like the Arisha, the who, what, when, and why. <laughs> that, that's the part we did, that part. That's the part we overlook. That's the part nobody wants to address. You know, they want Shango, they want Oshun, you know, heaven forbid, they want Legba, you know, but they're not wanting to deal with the who, what, when, and why. That that's where we get into. That's too personal. That's too close. That's too much. Um, and so, you know, going into the 2021, I, and I shouldn't say that because for me, 2021 started in, I don't know, July. I just didn't outwardly pronounce it. I just didn't outwardly admit it. But I was very conscious of it. In my mind, even now, in my mind, 2020 been gone. 2020 was gone in March when we realized it was a pandemic. For me, the year was done. Everything from that point on was about tomorrow, was about the future, was about the next day. So, so in my mind, I've long been into 2021. I'm, I'm already there, already there. But in the 2021 transformation, 2020 made us sit down, made us think, made us look into the void, into the gap, into the darkness, into the light, into the empty spaces, into the cluttered spaces. 2020 made us look. But 2021 has to be about manifestation, has to be about reality. I think me and Mahogany, Alchemy, me and someone else, few other people have been discussing this. It's more than just your pronouncements, 2021. It's more than just your affirmations, in 2021, it's everything about your demonstration in 2021. It's everything about what you bring forward. 
People are tired of sitting. People are tired of being isolated. People are tired of the, of the lockdown and the shutdown and, and the protective measures. And so 2021 is going to be about demonstration. People are ready to do. People have to do. People must do. And the creators, remember I said this back in April, the creators are about to be rich in 2021. I'm talking about millionaires, billionaires. I'm talking about real-world manifestation for what they in 2020. Those who got to writing books, creating plays, creating products, creating new things, birthing new things, those people will be greatly rewarded in 30 in, in 2021. I almost said 3031. Where am I <laughs> in, in next in this year, 2021? So transformation magic, you've got to be able to extend your imagination, if nothing else. If creating the world that you want. It's hard for you to envision. You've got to use your imagination, but just keep it real. I mean, we can't create pink elephants and, and black water, you know, though that will create itself in one of the 11 dimensional spaces that science has demonstrated that we exist in. Anything you can envision, anything you can imagine is already real. So even your worst nightmares, even your best dreams, it's already real. Science has demonstrated this. Math has demonstrated this. And so we live in multiple dimensional spaces, multiple universes. So in one of those spaces, your worst nightmare is already true. It's already happened. You've already lost. You've already gained. You, you're already stuck. And so in that creative space that we have access to as both part divinity and part humanity, as part spirit and part earth, we have a unique opportunity to create and recreate a reality that mirrors our best image, our best image. So this is the season, more than any other season, more than any other astrology reading, any other horoscope, any other time, you know, the 2000, Y2K, you know, 2012, more than any other time, we have walked through, already walked through, already passed through a, a window, a transformative window that will be the, the arbiter, the, the parent of our future, of what the world will look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. We just stepped into that gap right now. And one of those things, thank God, will be the power and the presence of ATR, the power and the presence of of voodoo and all the other traditional African-based religious systems that are now standing up yet anew in this present dispensation, in this present time space. Uh, Electro vibes, absolutely eating is a ritual unto itself. It's more than just saying a prayer before you eat, which is what most of us were taught, which is a very, you know, Christian thing, you know, and, and, and I don't have any judgment about that. But it's bigger than that. It, it's indeed a ritual unto itself. And so, it, it, yes, it feeds the mind. It feeds all our, our nutrient and energetic necessities, but it also feeds the mind and the spirit along with the body. Um, 
crystals in water, um, primarily clear quartz, polished clear quartz, primarily. Um, I feel the same way about stones and water as I do yoni eggs and other vaginal tools. It's highly dangerous. Um, If you aren't scientifically knowledgeable and educated about stones and minerals, um, understand that they have other minerals present in them. Uh, some, some of those minerals leak easier than others, um, therefore could have a response uh, on the physical body. Um, so I'm not, I, I don't preach it, I don't teach it openly a lot. Uh, but yeah, uh, primarily quartz. Um, and the truth is, it really doesn't have to be in the water to create that, that same level of change. Uh, it could be adjacent. Uh, it could be in the presence of. Your crystal could be on top of it. Um, depends on the size and the shape and the variety of stone uh, that, that you have available to you. Shungite has been suggested to be uh, a natural purifier. I posted a picture of a tourmalated quartz with Shungite on my Instagram page uh, yesterday. And Shungite goes back hundreds of thousands of years in indigenous culture in terms of its ability to purify water. Um, someone's at my door, y'all. Give me a second, okay? I'll be back momentarily. interruption was all about okay i know for some it's a big deal for some um you know all this is for me is a trigger (laughs) it reminds me of um christmas past and 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 christmases that weren't positive that went into feeding uh who i am today but i'm grateful i'm grateful for the acknowledgement um, and, and, and the show of love, uh, I'm still a little surprised by people who, you know, we identify as cultural, you know, dreadlocked, uh, ethnic, you know, cultural people who just can't move from church, can't move away from religion, can't move away from um, Western holidays and Western ways of, of viewing the world. And me and, and one of my godchildren before the show discussed this. It's, it's, that's not our job. 
my job is not to challenge your religion. My job is not to change your religion. My job is not to convert people to voodoo. That's not my job. And it's none of our job. I don't care what your religion or position is in the world. It's none of our job to do so. Our job is to be a, a, a clear, consistent, and present demonstration of what we believe, of what we understand. My job is to be true to who I am. And if that demonstration is, is one, is such that others want to share, want to be a part of, want a piece of, then, then that's a different thing. But, but our job is not to sort of force our understanding, force our belief, uh, force our way, um, you know, into other people's mindsets, but to provide opportunity, solution, you know, when, when presented the opportunity. Uh, Marge, I, I see you, beloved. I, I hear you. Um, out of respect, I'm not going to comment, okay, a whole lot. But she says she's into the clutter. She's a hoarder, and she knows that. Um, and, again, I don't want to get into your business, but that I, I read you. I feel you. I, I'm there with you. Um, you might have some shadow work. Maybe, just maybe. Yeah, this is a, a change year, particularly God's initiative for humanity. Humanity. And even more so for men. Um, and I know that's politically incorrect to say in, in the world that we exist in right now. This isn't a man versus a woman thing. But I think that Men, in particular, from the spiritual perspective, have not had the same opportunities as women to evolve, to grow, to be emotional, to go in, into the, to their more uh, vulnerable states of being. And so this is a, a season of that, particularly for, for men. The men who will be most successful in 2021 will be in touch with their feelings will be in touch with their emotions, will be touch, in touch with their own vulnerability. And for heterosexuals, for the married couple, for, for lovers, that's a great thing to have a man who is in touch emotionally with himself that makes them that much more responsive and in touch with you. But this work, you know, has to be done, particularly with men. We, we've encroached education, training, religion, skill sets, you know, education, you know, um, militarization, you know, athleticism, you know, but emotion, being vulnerable is something in the Western culture that has not been readily provided for men, and particularly for black men. And so there's a shift there in that area in particular. Now, some of the symptoms is showing up in fashion. It's showing up in some of the pop cultural nuances that still sort of catch our eye. <laughs> that, that still sort of gets some of us to, you know, okay, what, what, what's he really saying? But we've got to prevent um, a continuation of men not having a safe environment to be sensitive, to be emotional, to be vulnerable, particularly with other men. And so the father's out there who are listening to me, you have the greatest responsibility to show emotion to your son, 
to be sensitive with and around your son so that that breaks the, the generational curse of the strong silent type. So that breaks the generational curse of, you know, the, the only extension of emotion you're allowed is athletic or violent, athletic or violent. There, there ain't much room else for men to be emotional, to be sensitive, to show vulnerability, to, to show pain in, in a safe way that's not used against them in destructive patterns. Greetings, I'm Joe Mystic. Thank you so much for being a new viewer and a new participant. Uh, you typed a comment that now makes you a participant. <laughs> so we greatly appreciate you, beloved, for not just being here and listening, but uh, being willing to, to, to admit that in a public setting. Thank you so much, Jennifer Anderson. Blessing to you, beloved, a regular participant. Uh, Marge Richard, girlfriend, help me out, HB. I'm so lost with all of these acronyms, um, particularly coming out of the U.K. Uh, I just found out what FBPE meant yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. So uh, help me with the letters. I, I'm so lost with, with the letters. I'm from the old school of, like, full words and full sentences. <laughs> I'm the son of a, a retired educator. Full words and full sentences w- was a requirement in, in, my, in my space. So I'm so lost with LOLs and and, and the other stuff. Uh, it, it just throws me. I guess it's just one more language that I need to to learn and and adapt myself to. H N Y have no clue what that means. Okay, <laughs> no clue. Um, now I will respond to the goddess the goddess initiative comment. I didn't want to respond to Marge's comment directly because your 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 suggestion about clutter um, read like you were okay with it, and and so I, I I don't want to judge you on it. I am going to respond to the guy's initiative. Um, hoarding absolutely can be trauma based. The holding on to the not being able to throw away. Um, Sometimes even the need to create a sense of fulfillment sometimes shows up in hoarding. It also shows up in overeating uh, and, and, and weight gain um, and sort of feeling secure, if not even hiding behind the weight gain. And in my ministry, I've seen that particularly with people who've been violated, molested, sexually abused, raped, you know, violent attacks. Um, in, in my ministry, I'm not talking about anyone in the chat, um, I've seen that hoarding, trauma-based hoarding manifest. And so there's a comfort zone that's created with, supposedly a comfort zone that's created with all this stuff. We call it hoarding when you've got so much stuff, you ain't got no comfort zone. <laughs> you, can, you can't move, you can't turn around, uh, and often you have stuff you can't remember you even had. You don't even know where in the house it is. Um, can absolutely be signs of trauma-based hoarding. Uh, I've never been a hoarder. Um, I, I have, however, held on to stuff um, longer than I found most people are able to. I have stuff that I've had since kindergarten. 
I have stuff that my grandmama owned or my mother owned or my grandmother owned. Um, and even through my years of chronic homelessness, was able to keep it. Moving from one place to another, I always managed to have a storage unit. I always managed to keep my stuff somewhere safe until I figured out my, my next point, my next destination in life. And then once I found my next point, my next destination in life, um, thank you so much, uh, Marge. That, that really helps me a little bit um, to be able to speak freely. Um, even when I did then did find a new place, a new location to move into, the, the creation of sacred space was critical. So I had my ritual. You know, you, you go in and you clean the place before you start moving. You all do do that, right? <laughs> you, do, you do go in and clean the apartment, clean the house before you actually start bringing your stuff in there. Uh, that is the best case scenario, physical cleaning, spiritual cleaning, ritual cleaning. And then I would bring my stuff in, you know, with the, with the set order. And often that order would already be predetermined in my head. Once you've gone in and seen with the space, you know, what face is east, you know, what face is west, you know, what the ley lines are. You know, often I've already then laid out sort of a floor plan might be a wording before I start moving my stuff in. So uh, you then move your stuff in. Often you put it all in one room or whatever, but then I would slowly, often with my shrines and my altars first, and then create my, my personal living space, which is usually smaller than my sacred space. Um, I, I do that second to creation of, of the sacred space. And, and then what's not needed, what's not useful, what's not of value, gets tossed gets given away, gets, gets sold. And so hoarding can absolutely be uh, trauma-based, can be an extension of a demonstration of um, a clutter, a disorder that, that, that's happening from within. Disorder, things not being in order, things being out of alignment, things not quite being addressed. I'm so grateful for so many people being here on a first day of Kwanzaa, the day after Christmas. I'm grateful. And, and is it because it's a Saturday or is it because it's more people home because of the holiday? <laughs> but I'm just grateful. Blessings to everyone. Uh, Joe's offering blessings. Joe's mystics. Blessings to everyone, everyone, one and all. Please hit me with your questions, your comments, your requests. Area code 845-277-9143. I do have some appointments today. People are, are, are just, oh, wow. The response during this pandemic has been overwhelming for ancestral work and, and, and divination, for active initiation, um, and for people just wanting to address very specific areas um, in their life. And so I'm, I'm grateful for for that constant response. Email me at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com divine, D-I-V-I-N-E divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com Please do schedule your appointments, your visitations by email. <laughs> Please um, 
showing up at my door is just not. Oh, okay, okay, I got you now, Marge. See, see, I'm. <laughs> I must be too old to understand. I get it now. Okay, I get it. Happy New Year. Okay, I get it now. But what if we're, you know, what if it's someone who speaks another language or someone who don't have a good grasp on their grammar, or their English? Um, wouldn't they be lost if we start just using letters? Okay. But I'm grateful for those who are absolutely doing the work right now. Um, when TV would, would tell you everyone's broke, when TV would tell you that no one's employed, when TV would have you to think that, you know, everyone's sort of in a panic right now, I'm indeed grateful for those who are stepping up and stepping forward to do spiritual work. I remember when I was out there, homeless, chronically homeless, trying to find my way, destitute. It was in those times that I would invest in crystals, mineral stones. People didn't understand that. You know, you ain't got a pot to piss in or winning to throw out of, but you're buying a $100 crystal. My mama told me that at least twice in my life. You're buying a $200 crystal, you know, what, what's that really all about? Um, and, and indeed, if you're just shopping, if you're just eating, if you're just buying one more thing to add to your hoard, then you're not doing your shadow work. You're in denial. Then you are actively acting out in addiction, even if it's a shopping addiction. You're not doing spiritual work. But I would invest in spirit. If I bought a crystal, it was to do the work. It was to address the necessity, to address the need. And when we talk about crystals, particularly in transformative work, being cut, being polished, unpolished, you notice I didn't say that today, is not as important if you're doing transformative work. Now, if you are dealing with polished stones, you don't want them to be broke up. You don't want them to be damaged. You absolutely want them to be intact, particularly if they are polished. You don't want a broken polished pyramid. You don't want to use a broken, you know, quartz uh, crystal ball, you know, because that polish has now smoothed out, created a very specific vibrational frequency for the stones. So in doing transformative work, if you choose a, a polished stone, this is a polished stone. It's cut. It's, it's probably natural. They just smoothed it out, you know, to bring the clarity of the inside of the stone to the surface. And so in this, the ability to create and recreate, to see, to scry, which is a, a, a crystal spiritual word, S-C-R-Y, scry or scrying, the ability to look into a stone and to see vision, see imagery, is enhanced on a polished stone. That's why there's so much light beaming off this stone right now, because of that, that enhanced polish on the outside of the stone. But in doing transformative work, polished stones can be a great partner because the clarity sort of removes any uh, distractions while you utilize them in your meditation, while you utilize them in your visualization, while you utilize them in your projection, sending that vibration out into the world through the mirror, through the light as it radiates from the stone. I am 120, 
I'm sorry, I am 285 days free of acquiring thanks to COVID. <laughs> well, well, we celebrate you, Mars. That, that, that could be a good thing. Embrace it. Hold on to it. Ask yourself those important questions. What have I really missed in, in nine months of not shopping? What have I gained in nine months of not shopping? You don't have to do it here, but ask yourself those questions. You know, what gives me pleasure might be a question that you really like want to ask. What makes me happy is a question you might really want to ask. Because when we're shopping, because I'm a shopaholic too, so you're not the only one in the room. I'm not a hoarder, but I can be a shopaholic. Um, I'm probably a year and a half in of, of not acquiring, of just focusing on my most basic elemental needs. Um, so I, I celebrate you in, in that. But you have to ask those questions. And you weed smokers need to ask the same question, particularly if you're a weed smoker under 25. Chances are you passed the doji on the right-hand side, well, at least before COVID. You'd poke, you'd, you'd roll and smoke and pass. You'd smoke in groups. You'd smoke at the greeting. You'd smoke at the party. And there's no spirit element there. And so if you're under 25, you can absolutely develop just the addiction of just smoking and smoking too much and smoking one behind the other. And so you too might want to ask, why am I smoking? What am I trying to hide from or what am I trying to elevate? I asked those questions probably around 30 is when I started asking those questions. And it greatly affected my smoking habits. Now it's a very minimum. I know it's, it's an even amount. It don't go up. It don't fluctuate. It's a very even amount. Because like medicine, it's supposed to just be the medicine or just be the sacrament uh, in, in Rastafari. And, and during the sacrament, they chant mantra, give thanks, give thanks. They chant mantra. They don't just smoke just a party. They don't just smoke just to numb out. And so, so some of you are smoking just to numb out, drinking just to numb out, eating too much, shopping too much just to numb out, just to not be present in the moment, just to not have to look at something specific, not have to address something specific. And so it's easy to hide behind too much, creating and recreating the reality that you don't want. I often ended up homeless because I couldn't handle my funds, couldn't handle my budget, getting get my emotions and would completely forget you got light bill, gas bill, rent, would completely forget, you know, when I was in my, in my young 20s, you know. And so sometimes we learn you hit the ground enough times, you know, you, you sort of rearrange, you know, your priorities. So when we're talking about a, a dis ease, an imbalance, a disorder, um, like a drug, you're not always in control of that. You don't always feel in control of your spending, your shopping, your drinking, your gambling. And then you know you're absolutely dealing with, you know, a dis-ease, an imbalance, an addictive trait and or behavior. 
And the good thing about that is those things can be fixed, but you got to want to. Oh, you got to want to. And some people say you got to you got to hit a bottom, you know. But the bottom for some people is death. The bottom for some people is going way too far. Some people don't feel no bottom. Some of y'all supernatural superheroes, and you don't feel no pain. You don't feel no bottom. You don't feel no remorse. You don't feel no regret. And so in that case, death is the bottom. And But for those who are conscious, truly conscious, and can be honest with themselves, uh, I'm great over here, but I'm not so good over there and are willing to be honest with themselves and are willing to take a journal and keep track, those people have hope. Those people are going to be empowered. Those people will be renewed. Those people will find themselves, will find their way. And again, breathe and breathe again. Drink clear water. (laughs) Drink clean water. Eat more fruits and vegetables and grains. Eat healthy have a vision, even in the midst of your darkness, you must have a vision in the light. If things, use your imagination if you have to. If things were better, if things were at their best, in the best case scenario, I would be, make your list. I would have, make your list. I would be feeling, make your list. Because sometimes, you know, we, we forget to make a, a goal. Well, what does being happy feel like? Not just look like, because, you know, again, these Christmas commercials will make you sad. Uh, you know, particularly these car commercials, you know, you know the one, the white guy comes home and it's a car for the, for the wife and it's a car for him. And he thinks he bought a new truck for himself and he bought a new car for the wife, but she chose the, the truck. Oh, y'all know the commercial. Now, as a, as a professional background artist, as a SAG actor, um, I'm paying attention to what's going on in the background. <laughs> okay? So they're doing all that talking and the music is going on. I'm looking at the massive house that they are standing in front of. And I'm thinking to myself, how many people do we know? Black, white, American, UK, France, Britain. How many people do you know who are living in a $2 million house who got $100,000 to spend on two brand new vehicles just because it's Christmas. And those triggers, because they are indeed triggers, they aren't always your shadow trigger. They aren't always your, your negative trigger. They're designed to be triggers. For some of you, they're designed to trigger you to go out and buy. For some of you, they're designed to trigger you to keep up with the Joneses. It's another commercial where... Uh, my my good friend and actor that I performed with before is <laughs> in this commercial. And, you know, they're going from house to house in this commercial. You know, and I'm sure there's some COVID mentality behind how this commercial was sort of put together. But again, we're talking about people, you know, who are demonstrating happiness through what you have, what you own, what you possess, what you can afford to buy, you know, for the holidays. And so people get lost in that. You know, your your suicide hotlines, your counselor hotlines, my phone, my email is off the hook right now because these are triggers for people. And sometimes, you know, it's meant to trigger you to shop, but it triggers you to remember. 
it's meant to trigger you to eat something, but it, it, it triggers you, you know, back to something else, you know. So if we're not clear, if we're not conscious, sometimes that means keeping a list, keeping a journal, having something you can go back and look at and remind yourself of what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be focusing in. This world will have you tripping. This will have you falling off. And I'm grateful for my friends and family and listeners who know and understand that about me and who check in, who call, who text, and, and, and never once mention the word Christmas, never once mention holiday. <laughs> you know, and, and we move as if we move in reality. It is another day. I was getting ready to say as if it's just another day. It is just another day. It is just another day. Hello? It's just another day. It's just another day. And we give a lot of power to holidays. We give a lot of power to the great grand celebration, which is fine as long as it's in here and in and, and here, and it's how we feel. And so in doing shadow work, March, I often ask, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? How does the clutter make you feel? And, and that's when you start getting to the root, to the source, you know, of, of what might be feeding a thing. What are some crystals that I think everyone should have in their crystal toolbox? Um, Electro Vibes, thank you. You just try to encourage me to say more. I don't know why y'all wait till 1.30 to try to get me to say more, um, but it's good. Um, quartz crystal, number one. Quartz crystal, number one. I don't care what variety. I, I can hold up all kinds of varieties. Single terminated, polished, tabular. Quartz cluster, you know, which is going to have a diverse variety. Uh, a, another tabby or, or, or tabular, but this is a, a twin. It's actually a triplet because you have a crystal here and then you have one here and then you have one here. And so this is a, a, a triplet, not just a twin, but, but, but a triplet. But so the variety to me doesn't matter. The, the variety is not quite as important uh, as what am I going to use it for? What specific? And, and, and as I said a little earlier in the show, now we're talking about transformative magic or very specific jobs and or issues. If we're talking about personally, then something, um, you know, this size or, or smaller, depending on your size, you know, and your weight, uh, that's specific to you that no one else will touch or handle. This happens to be double terminated, meaning it has a point here and another one you all cannot see uh, that, that's hidden behind that silver. Uh, I designed this myself, so that's completely open in there to allow the other point to be free and not bound up in the silver. Not that silver is a bad thing. Silver is one of the best amplifiers, metallic partners for working with quartz, silver, copper, gold. Um, they individually have separate purposes, but um, they all help to amplify the energy of your stone. Uh, in some in some way, so in in that toolbox, you know, quartz, 
Absolutely. Malachi will be another great beginning stone. Malachi, Chris Cola, uh, Turquoise, all from this same or similar family, similar vein. Um, hematite might be a good demonstration. And make sure you're getting a real hematite. There's a lot of fake hematite out there on the market right now, especially as jewelry. Um, Labradorite would be another great uh, beginning stone to have in, in your toolbox. Um, and again, not just having them, but knowing how to use them. So, you know, you have a quartz single terminated, which does very specific things. You have a double terminated, which means it has a point at both ends. It's going to do a whole nother set of, of things. You have included quartz. Included meaning it has another mineral included in it. This has epidolite epi, epi, in it, which is those dark. They're really green, but they look dark. Spot epidolite in it. Um, you might have a, a a quartz cluster, which, which is like a family or a corporation or a group of, of powers, of spirits, of energies coming together. So electro vibes, we could just talk about quartz and spend hours just talking about each individual type of quartz. And again, it has to do with what you're doing at the time, what kind of work you're doing at the time. So ancestor work, you might want phantoms. Phantoms have the, you know, almost like the rings of a tree embedded inside the quartz that stack on each other that help to carry us back in time. Uh, petrified wood, petrified mud, petrified items also carry us back in time. Um, so that's something we, we would consider. Um, other minerals, other inclusions, that might be present uh, in, in the quartz that you're, you're working with. Um, your quartz also has a certain number of um, windows, and depending on that number of windows, the shaping of the windows, then, again, as a tool, it can be used specifically for certain, you know, very specified uh, uh, the seasons play a role in the type of transformative work we should be doing. Um, yes and no. Uh, that, that has been sort of oversimplified, just like we oversimplify astrology um, to, some, to some degree um, in, this, in this practice, in this culture. Uh, indeed, it matters where you are on the planet at any given time. That matters. Uh, for instance, a, a four-season year is not quite as realistic if you live in a place like Los Angeles or New Orleans, where we might not necessarily have a fall or a spring or even a winter, um, as opposed to someone who lives in Chicago or Maryland or Pennsylvania, you know, or London, who might see more defined four seasonal experience. We also have to consider that how we view seasons, how we view the sky for that matter, um, has been westernized. When we talk about the winter solstice, the summer solstice, you know, these, these great conjunctions, 
we're often not thinking universally. And again, this audience to this show is universal. Uh, I'm looking at my active map right now. There are people from all over the world in this audience right now listening to this show, from Russia, Finland, Sweden. I'm naming places you wouldn't think would be here. Norway, uh, the UK, of course, uh, Austria, Germany, Poland, France, Spain, Italy, Morocco, Greece, Turkey, Australia, Indonesia, Philippines, Cambodia, Vietnam. So we often oversimplify it. You know, and I like to think, particularly on days like the, the winter solstice, what is going on, what would have been going on, you know, in Africa or in Brazil or, or in another part, you know, of the world. And so it requires us being able to use our imagination a little bit. So the seasons don't necessarily matter from that perspective. Now, localized, you know, seasons are absolutely going to affect your demonstration. I know in Chicago, I had to, you know, change up what I do and how I do it uh, just to survive the winter, you know, so you might not get a whole lot of sunlight in the winter. You got to make allowances for that. I may not have been able to go out to the lakefront, to the tree, to the park as much, you know, in a blizzard. Uh, So I would have to consider that. Um, There is a trend to do more shadow work in the winter, and I think that has to do with the lack of vitamin D, the lack of sunlight, people being closed in more in the winter than we normally would be in the summer. And so Ujat Wujat, I would, Ujo Wujat, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, I'm expecting and, uh, and I'm already seeing more shadow work being done this winter in particular because we've already gone through so many months of altered states of awareness. Uh, by way of of COVID-19. So the winter does invoke more shadow work in this part of the world, in this hemisphere. Um, I don't necessarily think that would be the case in South Africa. We we would have to look at a South African winter, which happens in the middle of our summer. (laughs) You know, so we have to think more universally, I think, when we think about astrology, astronomy, and even the weather and how we interact and operate, you know, in the seasons. From a symbolic representation, you know, spring, summer, winter, fall, looks good. It fits well. We even apply that to age. You know, if you're, if you're of a certain age, you're in the spring of your life. You know, if you're 20-something, you're in the summer of your life. You know, you're... Uh, 60, 70, you're in the fall of your life. You know, you're in 80, 90, you know, you're in the, we have all these Western ways of applying symbolism and looking at symbolism that I think greatly affect how we as practitioners then apply this knowledge if we're indeed not more universally aware. So that's a great, great question. Uh, how I do winners here. In New Orleans, is absolutely not how I did winners, you know, in, in Milwaukee or, or in Chicago. Uh, how I did holidays in, in, in L.A., for instance. When I lived in L.A., it didn't rain. We didn't have all the, the rainy, and it was very dry. It was very hot, and, and 
you know, December was like 80 degrees when I lived in, in L.A. So it affected what I did, how I functioned, how I focused my, my energy during the season. And, and, and your crystals, minerals, and stones can help to bring balance to your endeavor, to your transformative work, no matter what the season is. Remember, they have been around through every season, through, every, through the climate change, through earth, you know, catastrophic changes. Your crystals have absorbed that um, and have survived that and have implanted that vibration somewhere in, in its body. So it knows how to assist us in catastrophic weather, in sudden change and transformation, in, in global climate change you know, which does affect us as humans. Greetings, beloved. Welcome to all my new people, my new listeners, and, of course, my regulars, like the beloved Tasha Touch, Earth Angel Bree. Greetings, beloved. I don't think I've seen your face before. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We certainly appreciate you, as well as your questions, comments, and requests. Yeah, electro, uh, electrovise. We have to check our medicine habits. We do. <laughs> even even those of us who might partake in in the green tree, you you have to be clear about why you're doing something. Just as much as you should be aware of, I'm a diabetic. So let's use that as an example. I'm a diabetic. I use a great deal of herbs and plants and roots that have been shown to be miraculous. Uh, some of my close friends and, 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 and clients can, can attest to that. Um, we'll drop my sugar so low, sometimes I wake up at 80, which is, you know, really low. Um, so we can eat our way to, to a better health, but we also have to be willing to think our way into better health. So for me, I have to be conscious of how much sugar is in that. And often we wait until the problem. So diabetes is the, is the problem, is the outcome of some kind of symptomatic condition that existed long before you knew you had diabetes, long before you confront what the issue is. And so that can show up not just in, you know, smoking trees. It can show up in how much you eat, what you eat, how much alcohol you drink, how much water you, you drink or don't drink. And that indeed is shadow work. That's shadow work. So if you're maturing, a mature person has to get to a certain age and ask, am I smoking too much? Should I be smoking? Is, is it affecting my life in any positive or negative way? And so there, there's the position of you all who, you know, have jobs where you, you know, you got to pee in a cup. So that, that, that's one more factor that comes in having to recheck your habits. But for those who are self-employed, who are self-created, self-made, you know, who, who might not have to pee in a cup, who feel like, you know, you're, you're 30 or more or over, and, and so you ain't got the answer to nobody, but you got to answer to yourself. And so to what degree does your habit build you up or break you down? To what degree does your habit affect your output, your outcome? I've heard everything from memory to none of which, you know, was true in my case. Uh, but then I have real mental health issues going on. I, I have Asperger's syndrome. And so just maybe, 
my medication, self-medication, is in unique balance with my condition. But you got to be willing to get honest, as Electra Vibes um, is, is suggesting. You have to be willing to get honest with yourself about why you're doing a certain thing, how much of, of, of a thing you're doing. You know, is it affecting your, your money? Are you going to the pawn shop to do it? You know, you, you have to be mature enough to self-address, to self-address. And, and, and when you can't see it, but it might leak from mama or papa or your best friend, you got to be willing to, to hear. And some of us are too grown to hear. Some of y'all are too grown to hear. Some of y'all are too grown to be taught. Some of y'all are too grown to have a mentor. Some of y'all are too grown for Godparents. You, you already know. So what's for me to say? I'm, I'm quiet. You know, some of y'all are like, well, I sent you emails and I never got a response. Well, you, your, your email suggests that you got it. Your email suggests that you know you know it better than me. You in control of this thing. So what you need me for? And, and what, why would I step into that? So we've got to be willing to be honest, to get honest about what we have, what we don't have, what we need, how to build that and move that forward into the future. 2021, into the future. Yeah, there are all kind of triggers that that show up, (laughs) you know, on these specified special holidays that can really get stuck in your craw. Uh, and can really affect people, you know, depending on where you are. Some of y'all are going into so much debt, you know, because you want your children to, to have a holiday uh, and not feel it was affected by the COVID. Some of you all are setting yourself up for a really bad time, January through June. Some of y'all are not going to pay off your credit card bills, if at all, until October of next year. Only so you can use them again next year. And so we've got to, oh, wow, we've got to. Thank you so much, Tangerine Bliss, because you, you just confirmed something that I never said, but was absolutely a part of my intention, <laughs> was to emit something more calming, more transformative, more spiritual into the show. Uh, I just didn't want to be hyped up again today. I didn't want to be angry. I didn't want to be combative. I didn't want to address, you know, the wannabes, which is at an all-time high right now on Instagram. They, that's a whole other conversation. They, they come in now. They're not Ian Nefas and Baba Lyles. Now they're coming as other forms of spirit practitioner. And one of the ways to note them is, you know, they, they, they got 100 followers or less, but they following 3,000 people. And then they have zero posts or a dozen posts or less, all fake profiles, all fake profiles. Uh, again, transforming themselves to meet the new need. And now in this season of COVID, there's a new need, a new sense of urgency, a new sense of demand that they're stepping up to present themselves to fulfill. And the reality is there's no way around the shadow work. So we're around the work. Do the homework. Light work, shadow work, homework. Those three works go together. 
Those three words go together, light work, shadow work, it's all homework. And we have to do the homework. Thank you so much, Tangerine Bliss. I certainly appreciate you. Malachi, quartz, I'm sorry, malachite, malachite, quartz, turquoise, hematite, labradorite. Absolutely. Thank you so much for typing that out for me. Some of the cluster is protective cluster. Some of it is because the cluster holds potential. Oh, okay. Now, Marge, forgive me. Okay, I'm a... You know, there's there's some popular shows on cable networks here in the U.S. right now that all are streaming through my mind. Um, and one of them in particular is called Hoarders, by the way. Um, and I don't want to turn this into a therapy session for March, but I could use this for this. That's a part of the problem when it comes back to hoarding. Because you'll go through, you know, an attempt to clean and, and, oh, but I can sell this. I can clean this up. I can, okay, but you haven't. And if it's been there 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, six months, a year, you haven't. You haven't. And now it's taking up space. And that space that's being occupied, you know, fulfills another spiritual role. It might be freedom. It might be liberation. It might be creativity. It might be love. You're absolutely blocking inroads to something else by holding on to the clutter over here. Um, Protective also sounds therapeutic, sounds, again, like we're speaking to someone who's been violated, particularly as a younger uh, woman, maybe even as a young girl, who feels that need to cover and to protect. Um, take a martial art class if you're healthy enough. Take a gun class if, if you're healthy enough. Learn to protect yourself as a woman. G- give yourself activities that empower your sense of control over your own security. And that, too, will lessen the need to fill sort of that space. You know, and, and, and filling that space with clutter might also be preventing others from coming in. And again, I don't want to get too personal with you live on air, but friends, family, your children, you know, it's someone, something that you're also trying to prevent, maybe not consciously, but trying to prevent from occupying your, your intimate space. And so you, you, you got all this stuff. I know some hoarders whose children, grandchildren, can't come to the house because of the state of the hoarding. Um, we had an example right here in my neighborhood. It, 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 they have moved, the family has moved, and the house has since been uh, addressed. Um, but the, the grandbabies couldn't come not in the house. They could play out in front of the house, you know, but, but, and, and then that became problematic. Uh, the yard was a mess. You know, everything uh, was a mess. Um, so I, I don't want to judge or prejudge because I don't know where you live. You know, I haven't seen where you live. I'm just going on what you're sharing with us, what you've been, you know, good enough to share with us. And so you, you've got all kind of trigger words for me, protective cluster, you know, holds potential cluster. And, and it's sort of like putting two words together that don't really match. <laughs> cluster and something that's potentially useful. 
that ain't that's not cluster. I have some uh, copy paper. I have extra copy paper. That's not cluster. That's not cluster. But if I got a, a, a 18 wheeler full of copy paper that's now dirty and bent up and, and the packaging is coming apart and, you know, I can't move anything else. Now, that might be cluster and that could be problematic. And particularly for somebody who might not ever use that copy paper, you know. So there are many issues that, that come into play. Um, I, I would never want to crush people's sense of hope. So in, in the idea of potential, absolutely have some potential vision in your mind for a better future, a better way of being, a, a better way of living. But find a way to sever potential from how you use the word cluster. If it's cluster, it's cluster. If it's trash, it's trash. Now, now you have this new word, um, not recycling, but upcycling, where you take what would otherwise be trash and create brand new usable things with, with, a, with a new usable value. And so that, that's a way of being creative, taking your, that word potential, and, and applying it in a way that's more healthy. Greetings, beloved Oracle Treehouse. Thank you so much for being Listen, y'all, it's been a great two hours. Block Talk Radio is giving me the countdown. So if you're not on the phone already, it's too late to get on the phone. And I appreciate those of you who are on the phone who are listening to the show. I certainly appreciate those of you who are going to listen to the show. Um in archives. Electro vibes, amethyst is said to have the highest vibrational rate. It's also to be the sobriety stone. So amethyst has been known for thousands of years by humanity as bringing a sobriety element. Um, again, preventing, lessening, you know, the need for, the desire for for drinking, for gambling, for spending, for whatever the addictive thing might be. Amethyst is also great for elevating vibration, bringing any and all vibrations up to a higher level. Uh, again, that sobriety element is, is there, but elevation of energy is also present um, when we're looking at amethyst. I find amethyst to work best when it's not paid attention to when everybody's not informed about it, when it's just a piece of the, of the front, when, when it's just on your desk in the office or, or, or it's just in the middle of the house, but not in a place where people can sort of handle it or, 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 or damage it. I find that amethyst then works the best. You want to charge it. You want to fuel it with intention before you set it into position. And amethyst make great generator stones. Uh, particularly amethyst clusters, it's very rare to find uh, amethyst terminators, single terminators. Uh, they don't quite grow like like quartz. Um, so they tend to be a, a little bit more uh, compact. I don't know where I put my amethyst right now. I had one close to me. Recently, and as usual, now I can't find it. And the one that I do have is not exactly the one I wanted to show you. 
this is one that has been polished and shaped. I call this Miss Pac-Man. Uh, this is Amethyst Cluster. And, of course, that, you know, is, is a kind of unusual configuration, and that's one of the reasons why I'm sure the artist polished this in this manner into a ball. Uh, but cluster, Amethyst tends to grow in clusters. Really, you know, contact defined clusters. So they work great as generators. This Miss Pac-Man, just as the as the name suggests, you know, eats up all of that toxic, negative, unuseful, unwanted energy and, and transmutes it to a higher plane, a higher vib- vibratory rate. And this amethyst is closer to lavender in color. It's not quite as um, vibrant as this amethyst. And so when you're doing personal work, transformative work, you often want the deeper purple amethyst, the better. That's also going to affect the price. The deeper purple your amethyst is, the higher the price is going to be. And if it has any kind of unique configurations, like this has this uh, frost, this quartz druse in it, which looks like snow, that amplifies the price. That Miss Pac-Man shape amplifies the price when, you, when you're talking about amethyst. You can also find amethyst in the dollar basket at many shops. It's going to be loose. It's going to be small. It might be clusters. It might be two or three points stuck together. And it's typically going to have a very light, lavender, light, light, light color. And that doesn't make it not useful. It's still quartz. It's just not giving you the strong amethyst energy that someone might seek. So amethyst elevates all energy, raises it to a higher level, of course creates sobriety. So I use it a great deal in my work. Um, when you call me for a reading, it's always at least two pieces of amethyst right in my face, even if you can't see it. Uh, now, here of late, I've been doing Skype, you know, and so I have a little setup here, and people can actually see um, what I might be, be working with at any, at any given time. Uh, but amethyst is a master stone. It does take some growing into um, you'll often bond with and work with many other stones before you get to amethyst level work. Um, a great book, uh, an old book, one might consider. Uh, it's a crystal book. Give me a second here. Uh, Forgive me on my blog talk radio archive. My viewers can see me when I walk away. Um, great book. Christina Raphael, Crystal Enlightenment. Crystal Enlightenment. And this is going to give you the basics about amethyst, about uh, several varieties of quartz, how crystals are formed, how crystals are mined. Um, she'll talk a little bit about crystals being used in jewelry, uh, but then she'll get into what I call the heavy stuff, remedies, healing, work with stones. And so she's going to talk about general layouts, basic chakra layouts. 
She's going to talk about clear quartz, generator quartz, cluster quartz, double terminated quartz, large generator crystals, tabular crystals, record keepers, teacher crystals, rainbow crystals, phantom crystals, light box crystals. And she'll talk about amethyst, rose quartz, citron, smoky quartz, black obsidian, gem silica, fluorite, kunzite, rhodochrosite, sugar light, tourmaline, black tourmaline, green tourmaline, pink tourmaline, uh, tri and multicolored tourmaline like watermelon tourmaline. Talks about amber, amber, which is not a mineral but a tree sap, a, a petrified tree sap, amber. She'll talk about azurite, bloodstone, cornelian, lapis, malachite, malachite azurite, malachite criscola, moonstone, peridot, uh, selenite, sodalite, and, and that's just in Crystal Enlightenment by Katrina Raphael. Crystal Enlightenment by Katrina Raphael. Swear by this book. And it's one of a series of books. So the second book, Crystal Healing, The Therapeutic Application of Crystals and Stones by Christina Raphael. Second book in the series. And it's going to take you a little step further with preparing the environment. We talk about creating sacred space. It talks about present time consciousness. You know, we got this thing with the past, the present, and the future existing right now, and multi-level, multi-dimensional reality. She talks about the power of breath, center line focus, stone placement, protection, and guidance. And then she gets into things like soul connections, uh, soul symbols, altered vision, third eye awakeners, body overviews, creating bubbles of protection setting the stage, taking care of the inner child, which is shadow work, emotional release. All these words were her way of not saying shadow work. And at the time that Katrina Raphael wrote these books, shadow work wasn't a word. It wasn't a phraseology that you heard. But that's what shadow work is, past, present, life, future therapy, doing uh, more intimate, more personal work. Time reversal, pre-birth purpose, which means using your imagination to go back into the womb before you were born and to envision, attempt to relive that process. That's shadow work. Um, Exercising, like the exorcist, exercising things that are not negative, releasing negative energies. Um, and in this book, in terms of stones, she talks about laser wands, um, garnet, green adventuring, green calcite, gold calcite, tiger eye, tiger iron, hawk's eye, herkimer diamonds, opal, blue tourmaline, um, and of course, more healing therapeutic processes. Crystal healing by Katrina Raphael. And the second book is The Therapeutic Application of Crystals and Stones. Uh, she has a third book, but I don't have it handy. I'm not sure it's even in the room. 
It may be on the other side of the house. Uh, yeah, I don't have it right now. Okay, and another book is, and this is a little older, and this is by a completely different authorship. This is Randall Bayer, B-A-E-R, Randall and Vicki Bayer. I believe this book goes back to, if not the 70s, of the 80s, 1987, I believe. Yeah, this book goes back to 1987, and it's called The Crystal Connection, a guidebook for personal and planetary ascension. Crystal Connection, a guidebook for personal and planetary ascension. And it's written by Randall and Vicki Bear, authors of Windows of Light, Quartz Crystals and Self-Transformation. And I like this book because now it is a little bit more textbook-like. Uh, it, it, there are some pictures, but not a whole lot in this book. Um, and it definitely goes more into seeking the kingdom, seeking the keys to the kingdom, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so how to use your courts to do more intimate work. Uh, crystalline wholeness, facets of infinitude, personal energy network. Because if you don't understand that we and the planet and the universe exist, in a universal energy network by which we pull from, then you, you'll never get past wearing crystal jewelry. You, you'll never get past, you know, the basics and, 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 and as opposed to getting into the, to the real work. I'm not opposed to jewelry. You all know I love my jewelry. But if I'm talking about healing tools, um, then I'm looking at more than just this. Now, the, the tiger eye is great. This, this copal amber is great. You know, the bone is great. It, it has its purpose, particularly when it's polished like this. You know, this is so warm right now to the touch, and it has absorbed my energy, and it imparts its energy unto us. But the mind activation, doing the mental homework, while you are wearing and using these stones, is where the power lies. Can they help you if you don't, if you aren't aware yet? Can they help you if you don't think about the details? Yes. Almost like a good luck charm. Almost like your rabbit foot, you know, your, your lucky piece. But many of you in this room claim to want greater levels of empowerment, greater levels of control of, of your spirit energy. So you've got to be willing to do that mental work. So amethyst is also great, beloved, for cleansing and purifying and elevating the energy level of all my other uh, minerals and, and stones. So I, I use them to also cleanse the other stone with. Thank you so much, you all, for being present. Uh, I'm going to go get some water and some lunch momentarily. I am so honored that so many of you are um, present and, and are doing the work. And I look forward to doing more ancestral work and divination, more head work, more ori work, more lave tet work with, with many of you as you continue to come into yourself, come into your awareness of your spiritual power. Yeah, we're shut in and forced to face the shadow work. 
you run out of things to do. You run out of things to occupy your time. Some of you have more time to daydream, more time to think. And yet that shadow work is, is absolutely coming to the surface uh, right now during this, this uh, time of, of unfortunate pandemic. I know I'm a little behind in my chat. Alberta, Canada. Okay, Marge, Richard, thank you so much, beloved. Um, I don't know if we've ever had a, an admitted Canadian listener, so I, I appreciate you doing that. Uh, yes, love Chicago. So many spiritual things to do in Chicago, Ujet, Ujet. I don't know if it was you, but I suggested someone go to the Botanica. You got one at the at the Lincoln Zoo, right that right downtown, and you got one on the west side. Uh, go to the Botanica. It's like being in Jamaica. It's like being somewhere warm and tropical, <laughs> you know, in the middle of Chicago with all this weather going on. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that Chicago Hawk will keep you indoors. It'll limit your travel. You will absolutely think about what you got to do before you do it. <laughs> and she says we need to pay more attention to the universal aspects of the season as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we look at ourselves as a, as a combined unit, as one body, we are indeed this planet flying through space at an accelerated speed. Shamafia, greetings, beloved. So we, we have been separated from our true reality. We are separated from our true selves. Greetings, Malik Young. Welcome, beloved. Yeah, now, how old are you, Malik? Now, you look young in your picture. And, and that's why I said people who are like 25 and younger, um, I don't necessarily support or suggest that, you know, they, they be given free access to marijuana without diagnosis, uh, without close observation, you know, from your doctor, a physician, a family practitioner, a spiritualist, your parent, a therapist, so that it, because you're still developing under 25, especially male, you, your frontal cortex is not even completely developed until you're 25. And so that affects our ability to feel and to relate our feelings and emotions um, at, a, at a much deeper, deeper way. Um, I, I noticed you use the word addiction, so I give you honor and respect for standing in your own truth. Uh, a, a person knows when they're addicted to something, and so I, I appreciate your your usage of that word. So you got to get clear about why you smoke. Get clear about when you smoke. When do you smoke and what makes you want to smoke? And one of the best ways to find that out is to to abstain. To go without smoking, you know, people say, oh, I can stop drinking. I just drink because I like it. Oh, I can stop smoking. I just smoke because I like it. Okay, so stop. As a spiritual person, for 30 days, just stop. And I did this more than once in my 20s. I would stop 30 days, 90 days, look at my life, take, take note of my life. And sometimes I would go back. Sometimes I would not. But you've got to get clear about why and, and that's where that that word addiction comes in if you don't know why if you're not clear about why if you're not in control of why you're probably operating un, under uh, an addiction thank you earth angel Bree. she's been subscribed for some time but this is her first time catching me live thank you so much beloved i, I appreciate you uh is it because it's a saturday show does that make it easier 
for you to catch me, or is it because it's the holidays that made it easier? Um, one of our beloved uh, co-hosts, who do occultism, uh, has been telling me I need to do weekend shows for months now, since before the pandemic uh, clicked in. So I'm here. It's a Saturday. My mailbox is overflowing with, with requests for, for reading and ancestral work and divination and consultation. So I'm doing the right thing, as spirit would have. And I invite you to send your request by email, divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Thank you so much, Electro Vibe. I appreciate that. Um, Ariana, yes, some of the weed has definitely been manipulated to affect the hormones. Some of the weed, uh, and particularly, you know, diviner weed, uh, a lot of that California weed, y'all, y'all are getting it's designer weed being manifest in, you know, grow houses and, and, and whatnot for certain qualities. Um, for those who are still Reggie participants, Reggie, regular, <laughs> I don't need that high price, just, just regular. Um, there haven't been a whole lot of changes there. Um, the weed is absolutely stronger than the 1970s, stronger than the 1940s, um, because like all plants, your corn, your wheat, your sugar cane, um, it has been manif- manufactured intentionally uh, for strength, for endurance, uh, for, for longevity. Um, I'm not necessarily in agreement that it has been, you know, designed to sort of affect, uh, you know, our hormones to some darker end. I'm not quite a conspiracy theorist um, to my new listeners. Um, I find truth where it is, but I'm not necessarily a conspiracy theorist. Um, so I'm a little pensive about hormones and um, the effeminization of the black man. And, and uh, I think those are a bit overdone. Uh, I do think that there's a problem with a generation growing up on box cereal. I do think there's a problem with generations growing up on cow's milk and, and not the breast milk. I do think that there's a, 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 a definite change in terms of technology and what a growing, developing child might be exposed to and experience now as opposed to my generation or, or, or someone younger who didn't have microwaves, who didn't have TV, who didn't have Internet. Um, so each generation, I think, is confronted with a new set of things, and from that, certain Conspiracy theories are then born. Yeah, they're they're playing and manipulating and with strands and and creating commercial outcomes. Yeah, the the medical marijuana is not natural. Yeah. The levels of THC are not 80 and 90 percent in unmodified weed. A- absolutely, absolutely. And so your medical marijuana again is being manufactured to, to to reach an end. Your commercial designer weed is being manufactured to reach an end. You know we've been, we've been convinced of its municipal properties. So you know they're trying to uplift on one end and bring down another. You know, and, and that definitely has produced outcomes that 
natural, organic, regular marijuana uh, users don't really experience. And I know regular, regular, you know, marijuana users who smoke every day, several times a day, living living sort of like some of y'all smoke cigarettes, live a normal, regular life, doesn't have any of the, the fluctuations. Um, also, we got to warn against artificial weed, absolutely. You know, these package mojo and all that, all that stuff is liquid crack, liquid crack sprayed on, you know, otherwise weak strands of, of plant life and organic life. Uh, and that indeed will kill you. Have you eaten your friend's face off? Um, have you doing really crazy things? Um, yeah, so those, she, you know, all the queens are always on point in, in, in the uh, chat room. The goddesses are always on point about manipulated anything, manipulated produce, m- manipulated food uh, stock. We have to be careful about manipulation of anything that we are taking into our bodies. Yeah, I hear you, uh, uh, P. Anderson, about the IG. I'm so behind in my chat. She put her IG back on private um, because there's so many people that just creep up in your in your DMs. Uh, thank you so much, Caribbean Grimoire. Um, I've actually been talking for uh, like two hours and 20 minutes. So you have to forgive me, Caribbean. Um, we've talked about a lot of things. We've covered some deep topics. Uh, so when you have a chance, please go back in the archive and, and listen to or watch the first part of the show. Thank you so much. Um, many people remember me having locks. I had really long dreadlocks uh, down to my waist. Um, some people have turned their backs on me just for cutting my hair. <laughs> and, of course, that's a cultural, religious prejudice. Um, that's their issue and not my issue. Um, like, yeah, like, um, what's her name? India Ari. I am not my hair. <laughs> my ministry has actually grown, um, in the time since I cut my hair. Um, every now and then I think about my hair. I actually still have my hair, uh, by the way. Um, I think about redreading, you know, I could have the same length of dreads by, by 65. I could really have the same length of hair if I just decided that I wanted to. Uh, but it just takes so much work, so much work. And in terms of performance and acting, um, it can lessen your flexibility in terms of roles and characters uh, that uh, Hollywood and Hollywood stops are, are willing to cast you in. Uh, and so that that's my thing with, with the, uh, the dreadlocks. Yeah, amethyst is considered a sobriety stone, for sure, and can aid in educational pursuits, study, of course, meditation, transcendental meditation. Martial arts is a form of meditation for the physical body, just like walking or biking can be a meditation, a form of meditation for the uh, physical body. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to clear out my chat before I end the show. I want to make sure I haven't <clears throat> missed any of you and your greetings and your uh, holiday wishes and, of course, your questions and comments. Um, you can charge a crystal with any type of mantra for specific purposes. 
Because in that case, it's the, it's the voice and the vibration that's being recorded. That's a blessing. So that may also suggest, uh, Electro Vibes, that this is a time. You're at the place in your journey where you might need amethyst and more awareness about amethyst. Um, you lost me with the te- with the text message. Uh, by all means, email me. Yeah, Katrina Raphael. By all means, email me. The best way, the easiest way, the most efficient way, the most expedient way to reach me is by email. Divine Prince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Um, thank you, Jenny A. Thank you so much, beloved. Um, often I am way too busy to answer the phone. I'm either in the middle of a reading, in, in the middle of a consultation, in, in the middle of a chat reading. Um, some of you all see my light come on on Instagram or Facebook or, or Twitter. I might actually, actually, actually be involved in some other sequence of events. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm just there to hang out and socialize. And, of course, there are applications that, you know, assist in posting. I know some people that post all day, all night, five times an hour. Uh, it ain't them. They, they have a, a, a program, some sort of program or application that's assisting them, you know, to, to post and to appear to be available uh, online. And some, of, some good business owners uh, are doing that. Okay, I don't know quite what that means, Ariana, but okay. Only people with a lot of bills have a good reason to smoke. But but I like the sound of that. If it's gonna keep, you know, fifteen year olds from wanting to jump right in. I don't necessarily think, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds really should be smoking weed. Uh I don't think they should be penalized for it, but I don't think they should um you're not fully developed then and, and you're probably smoking for recreation. Okay, thank you so much. So, so having weekend shows is better for many of you. Thank you, D.D. Miller. Grateful for your presence. I would certainly appreciate you all. You know, I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't have a holiday. Um, someone just dropped off a Christmas stocking, and I was so thrilled. Um, um, Merlene dropped it off. Um, I'm here to do the work. I, I'm here to do the ministry. Um, what would help me right now is support. What would help me right now is your donation, is your offering, um, by way of my paypal.me forward slash the divine prince. What would help me is for people to get their work done, is to stop procrastinating on your reading, stop procrastinating on your initiation, stop procrastinating on your ancestor work and divination. Another uh, point of discussion today has been community. And my desire is a brick and mortar spiritual building, spiritual temple, for voodoo, for ifa, for khan. And I can't do that by myself. I can't do that without priests and, and priestess, practitioners, healers. I, I put out a call earlier in the pandemic for applicants, qualified applicants. I run a little bit of a test. Some of y'all not even here no more. Remember the friendly white girl who used to pop in every day? What, what happened to her? I can't remember her name. What happened to her? 
I got your email about you wanting to be a practitioner in, in, in the temple house. Where's the demonstration? Uh, where's the demonstration? So, so I gave you all time to go back and let me look at their social media and let me see what they're posting and let me see what they're doing and let me see what they're talking about every day. And some of you disqualified yourself. Some of you went into Twitter not even five days later and started talking about your vaginal areas and your penis areas and your anus areas and, and all kind of just craziness. But you want to be a, a serious healer. You want to be taken seriously as a healer, seriously as a reader. You say, oh, I'm just a tarot card reader, but you're reading serious stuff, love and relationships, marriages, divorces, childbirth, serious stuff, single-parented households, serious stuff. How do you get through a cheap five-minute tarot reading and not cross a, a bridge of serious stuff? So, yeah, who you are absolutely matters. What your demonstration is when you're not looking absolutely matters. It matters for anybody in ministry. And reading is a part of ministry. Tarot is a part of ministry if you're operating in it from its most authentic perspective. If you're just a fortune teller, if you're just out there to grab the next buck from somebody, then you don't care. You don't care what happens once they hang up the phone. You don't care what happens once they leave your table. And you often aren't available if something do happen for them to come back to. All my clients know where to find me. All my clients can point to me on a map, on Google Maps. All my clients can show up at my door and knock if they choose, and many have. But a lot of your fortune tellers, your psychic readers, they they ain't got that kind of personal connection to you because they don't care. And when you're doing the the shadow work, the hard work, the deep work, where are they at? Here 24 hours a day and got the phone contacts to prove it. (laughs) You got the email contacts to prove it. And you all don't care how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, if I had turkey or not, if I had the beautiful hands. Or the, y'all don't care. Y'all just want your love and your relationship fixed. Y'all just want your career fixed. Y'all just want your financial situation fixed. You know, you all just want the next shortcut to being a reader, to, to, to doing what you think is popular. And, oh, God, you all have no idea the amount of work that go into this the amount of time that's going to be taken from your spouse, your lover, your kids, while you focus in on doing this work. And some of you readers have backed off of doing readings for that reason. You got into it. You realize how much is involved in it. You realize the degree of what kind of energy people were bringing to your table. You got to, that has to be dealt with. Physically, it'd be all in my body. Damn right I got to watch what I eat, how I cleanse the bath every day. Damn right. And do my own shadow work because your shadow work provokes my shadow work. (laughs) That's just the way it works. I've had a moment (laughs) with a client or two. I've had a moment. And so everybody's shadow work is triggered when people are in denial of their shadow work. So we got to keep it natural. we got to keep it real. Let's be real authentic in 21. Let's be real 
truthful in 2021. Let's drink more water. Let's eat more fruits and vegetables. Oh, okay, Electro uh, Vibes. Thank you, beloved. You know, I get lost sometimes between my conversation and in the chat. Uh, Dee Dee Miller said someone left a voodoo doll on her porch. Is it common for someone to do that that is trying to put something on you? Um, it's common, but not necessarily common for people who are trying to uh, root you. It would be common for people who believe themselves to be practitioners. Now, you got some wannabe hater, wannabe practitioner, who left that on your porch, who for every reason might believe you to be the wannabe practitioner. And, and, and so there's some kind of conflict-based magic going on. Um, it could definitely be the other woman. Um, but, yeah, typically if someone's trying to work you, they don't know enough about dolls to even think about it. Um, your accuracy and accountability, uh, our key idea is something that I have that many of these uh, practitioners, Instagram practitioners, don't have and aren't willing to even produce. You know, the next Bible out that jump in there, ask them where they live exactly. And if they're truthful and they say, oh, Ghana, Nigeria, pull up your Google map. Ask them what town. And then look on your Google map and find a landmark. I do this every day. <laughs> and find a landmark, the nearest church, the nearest store. Find that on your map. How far you live from Royal Baptist Church in West Nigeria. You know, I just made up something. If they don't hang up on you, <laughs> they certainly are going to be thrilled and, and the jig is up. A, a lot of these internet practitioners ain't trying to be found, ain't trying to be located, ain't trying to have a track record that's easily pulled to the forefront. They just want your money, your time, your energy. They ain't did no documentary. They did no public demonstration of their voodoo. I take PBS very seriously. I take Nat Geo very seriously. I take the Travel Channel very seriously. Listen, I love American Horror Story. It will forever be a bright spot in my resume. But that's entertainment. That's entertainment. It's not the same thing as, as documenting truth, facts. Science, not the same thing. So, yeah, that kitchen gets hot, and they jump out. And the few, I've had a few truthful ones come back to me and say, you know, I was your godchild, and things got ahead of me, and I started to, and and I've had some that came back to me, you know, apologized for their behavior, and shared some of their present experience. Some of the, you know, clients can be dramatic. They're going to bring the worst-case scenario to you to fix for the cheapest amount of money and in the shortest period of time. So that means readers and public readers and spiritualists collect a lot of energy, a lot of energy. People's hopes, people's dreams, people's fictions, people's fantasies, people's misunderstandings about what terror is or what voodoo is. Yeah, 
it, it can be a lot. And it goes into your body. It goes into your life. It shows up all around the, the cracks and the crevices of your reality. And so you got to be conscious of it. And you got to be willing to do the work. Be willing to do the work. I certainly appreciate you. I love you all. I have some appointments here shortly. So I absolutely have to get something to drink um, and something to eat uh, before I move forward. Know that I am here for you, particularly right now, particularly during this challenging time. Things are challenging and will continue to be so. Um, The pumpkin ain't gone yet. Chucky ain't gone yet. He's still in office. (laughs) So we still got another month to deal with this, and then we got to correct and balance. So there's going to be a lot of drama. People are already under a lot of pressure. Know that I am here for you 24 hours a day. Just know that I got rules. I I got protocols. I'm going to acknowledge and honor the divinity that exists in me. I won't ask you to do the same. I I got rules. Email me, divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. I get a lot of comments about my email. My email is fine. I get way too many emails a day for my email not to work and I not know about it. So check your spelling. If you're copying and pasting, make sure you ain't got empty space at the end of the of the uh, you, of the uh, address or before the address. Divine Prince at HouseOfTheDivinePrince.com. And if you can't find, go to my website www.HouseOfTheDivinePrince.com. My face is there. You know you got me. There's a contact button right there, which actually translates into an email. It'll send me an email. And, and you know you got me. I've seen all of it. Okay, I, I've, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I know the tricks. I, I've tried to email. I tried to email you. I had no choice but to knock on your door. And then I answer the door, and I make it real clear. Beloved, I'm in the middle of a show. I'm in the middle of a, I can't talk to you now. You got an email. Two minutes later, I got an email. Five minutes later, I got an email with no problem. So, listen, I... I hear, oh, I can't email you. There's a problem. It's on your end, not mine. And if it's on my end, I've been warned, and I'm already actively trying to fix it. If there was indeed a problem with my website or my email. But it's not. It's not. People just think they can avoid that. I'm going to make this detour, this shortcut, and and maybe he'll see me. I can't. I, I just can't. My schedule won't allow it. My body humanly won't allow it. You've got to email me, divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. If you call and you call and you call and you call and you call, and then that one time I answer the phone, I'm going to tell you I can't talk to you. I'm busy right now. I answered the phone because I thought my client was on the other line. You're going to have to email me. That's, that's always going to be the response. It's always going to be the response. You can't be on TV, on Travel Channel, Nat Geo, PBS, and not expect that I'm overwhelmed with requests and people wanting to read and, and people that are curious and people that want tours. And so we ask you if you want a tour, if you're coming in and you want a tour plus a voodoo experience, go to Denise Augustine. Go to www.OurSacredStories.com. 
O-U-R-OurSacredStories.com. If you want voodoo, result-oriented voodoo, you come to me. www.HouseOfTheDivinePrince.com. I'm grateful for you. I'm truly honored. I'm truly honored. Um, nothing gives me a more fulfilling, satisfactory um, emotion than knowing that people are, are truly doing this work, that people are indeed getting away from those institutions that we've been locked into for so long, for so long, and that we're now escaping oppression, that we're not escaping uh, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time that we're now escaping the system. I appreciate you all. I certainly do. I look forward to being here with you again for another revolutionary voodoo, New Orleans voodoo secrets and recipes. Please send me your email request, divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Right now, in the middle of Kwanzaa, in the middle of the holiday season, with all this uncertainty in the air, this is the time to move forward on your work. This is the time to take your work more seriously. What do you plan to repeat in 21? What do you anticipate for 21? What do you want to be your reality for 21? And what do you plan to do about it today. All is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, it's all just an illusion and a test for one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Until next time. Thank you so much, Blog Talk Radio and my archive listeners. I certainly am grateful for you, appreciative to you. Again, I look forward to working with you individually, collectively. Please send your email request to divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. D-I-V-I-N-E-P-R-I-N-C-E at houseofthedivineprince.com. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Ashe, ashe, ashe. Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The almost Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the almost Indians, They pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. 
And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double Cross and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat. Heart beat. Heart beat at this place. At this place, beat, heart beat, beat. We beating place in new world space. Beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk. Our music, the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end. Connected together and singing, ringing, Singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words 
which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out Hello. of us. Whoa! But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade. But dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square. Remember. Remember. 